Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Depending on when you're listening to this, I am currently recording this in my closet. It is minutes after 10. It's almost 10.30, actually. My feet are kind of cold, and I might be coming down with the cold, but none of that really matters right now because I just want to jump in. But anyway, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Secret Life of a Shy Producer. And again, my artist name is Hime. I come from the GTA, well, the greater greater Toronto area. And yeah, um, I wanted to talk a bit about my experience at InstaFesta this year. Uh, I went to three sessions and then me and my friend went gallivanting around just playing with gear fucking around with gear and getting some stickers actually so which was which was pretty darn fun i actually downloaded one new plugin and when i say new it was new to me i knew it existed i just didn't think about its uses but i'll talk a bit about that afterwards um i went to like i said i went to three sessions the first one was a keynote speak Uh, His name is Ken Lewis. He worked with Kanye West uh, back in the old days, in the new days, all days. He's worked with Kanye during like college dropout. He had like a story about that too. Uh, He's worked with, well, currently he's working basically with BTS, mixing like all of their tracks really. So, which actually explains a lot to me. for for me and maybe people would say that's bias but like the the production value of bts songs seemed a lot more american the production style like everything just seemed more western pop oriented which is why it was easy for them to not easy but it made sense when they were like the group that was chosen to basically you know represent k-pop to some degree because their stuff is actually more western oriented and it doesn't directly follow the same style as all k-pop that had come before it and some of the k-pop that's still there um anyway i'm not going to talk about that now i just want to talk a bit about what he talked about actually um let me see and what i thought about him actually so to start off i actually think that he's really down to earth Um, or he might be really down to earth or something. Uh, He doesn't, just by looking at him, you wouldn't think, oh yeah, like he's a bajillionaire, you know, who produces music. He's not flashy at all. And I always appreciate that. Um, But anyway, he he has a mantra uh, where, that I agree with. I fully agree with. I, I try to live by this. Actually, I don't even try to live by it. I just live by it to some degree. Um, His mantra is, don't be a douche and try not to screw people over. Like, don't try to screw people over. Um, Yeah, two things that I kind of do. I don't actively act like a douche. And I actually work against screwing people over. I probably screw myself over. But yeah, um, yeah. He also had talked a bit about, like, this quote, I guess. I'm going to paraphrase the quote. It was from, like, Randy Posh, P-A-U-S-H-C. And it was from, I guess, maybe the poem called The Last Lecture. 
Uh, anyway, the guy was an inventor who, and also a university professor. I believe he died of cancer, or he had cancer. Um, and he talked about like it, it's this concept, uh, which is kind of inspirational. Like it was about brick walls. So he said, "Brick the brick walls on our that the." He said the brick walls are not there to keep us out. It's there to show us how much we want it. The walls are there for others who don't want it as bad or who don't want it bad enough. And then he kind of juxtaposed that later on with the concept of being realistic and self-awareness, you know, be willing to adapt and change and evolve, Uh, stay current to what's going on musically, but honestly, just be realistic and understand yourself and know yourself. Um, And I know people ask, like, where does it start and end? Like, where does thinking, okay, these are just brick walls start versus I'm actually not as good of an artist as I think I am, like, end. Like, it's a balance. But he said, like, you have to know yourself. So then you actually know your brick walls, I guess. So, yeah, I I don't know. I agree with both ends. But, yeah. Um, And I guess some... Like one interesting thing, because I don't do this, I, I, I don't think I even get time to fully listen to like music, like just to sit down and listen to new music. But he said to stay like updated with what's going on in the industry musically, listen to the new music playlist on Spotify, because it's actually like a testing ground for like labels and stuff, which is cool. And then... He always tries to remember when he's mixing and doing songs for other people that it's just about the song and it's about the artist, but it's not about anybody else, which is a good way to look at it because I would take things personally, especially musically. I would rather take things more personally than be more objective. So, yeah. Um, And that's actually a sentiment that's kind of also highlighted with the other person I'm going to talk about, Gary Noble, who like has done a lot of mixing in audio engineering for Amy Winehouse, that it's more about the song and the artist and less about him. In fact, it's like not about him or his personal taste. It's about the song itself. So um, it's actually interesting to see how they have a division between themselves and what they prefer versus just the objective thing, you know, for the masses, I guess. I don't know. That's what I say. Um, let me see. Uh, he had a question about publishers, like sending your music to publishers. And I believe there was this thing about wait for them to come to you. Don't try to honestly seek seek them out all the time. Um, I mean, but it means like you have to put out good work and get like a following and then most of the people will come to you. But he said, if you're going to send them to publishers, send your best three to four tracks at most. Don't send any more. Um, like don't send your half-ass songs or anything because if one's really half-assed and they don't like it they won't listen to the rest but if you at least have one amazing song they'll listen to the next and if it's just as amazing like you'll pretty much you'll get somewhere with it uh he also stated something like not everyone should or not everyone who should or can make it will make it in many cases or in some cases you can only control your own actions um And there was actually a great question about like the starving artists and the brick wall question. I think I was kind of alluding to that before. And I only wrote down, I guess, one thing that um, Mr. Lewis had said, which was the universe does not give a damn, right? The universe doesn't give a damn if you really want it. And, you know, that's actually, I mean, it's good to know, honestly. 
um it's it goes back to the idea of being realistic so yeah and it's not only like the universe doesn't give a damn like you just because you want something doesn't mean you'll get it that's that's all it says so yeah uh let me see he mentions that credits are the most valuable thing for resume building in the industry and he also said you cannot buy your way in which i i'm I'm not gonna really i can't fully disagree i don't know if i agree with it not not at least 100 percent like and maybe it's just because of my own tastes that i don't want to believe like i don't want to believe that but hey yeah he says that you cannot buy your way in i'm not I, i i don't detest it i don't protest it yeah he's actually in the industry so who am i right next thing and it's actually me not being negative i'm just saying like yeah anyway the next session that i went to uh that my friend also went to because i was telling her um sometimes you get like interesting bits or things that can actually just help you especially if you're like you're a beginner it was the mixing session with gary noble who is a jamaican big ups to that I didn't know. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't look into you before. I just knew you worked with Amy Winehouse. Cool. But yeah, no, that was just an interesting fact. Some of you may be asking, why did you say that? The other guy was from Ohio, by the way. So yeah, he's Midwestern. This guy's Jamaican. The other dude who I went to go see for the cooking beets is from Mississauga. So, or Mississauga area, Peel region, just like me. So yeah. Anyway, back to Mr. Noble. Um, Gary Noble. Um, he for a bit he talked about like working with Amy Winehouse and talked a bit about his background and all of that stuff, which is all great. It's all nice, but I came to learn how to mix, and he did not disappoint, by the way. So yeah, um, I didn't write every single thing down, obviously, and I also didn't record it. I know I saw some people maybe recording it somewhere, but yeah, um. I don't know how well-versed most of you guys tend to be with mixing, um, but he did talk about, like, bottom-end mixing because it tends to be the hardest thing ever, um, minus tide chaining, right? He he talked about how if you solo, like, the bass and kick together um, and mix those two together, and then once in a while you take the the vocals and you take them, put them in and out, right? It can give you a good reference, Um and then you have to also decide like what's more dominant in your song or what's going to be more dominant. Will it be the kick or will it be the bass? Um, and then you can make make it as wide as you want and then EQ the other. Um, you know, if you boost the lower end and then dip the EQ where it's boosted on the... Like, okay, sorry. If you have the bass, you can boost the lower end, right? And then like you dip on the base where you're going to boost for like the kick or like something so you can kind of hear both in a in a weird way i think that i cannot explain it and if you probably hear my songs maybe you're like yeah you don't even know how to do it but yeah i wrote this down i'm trying to figure it out anyway um he did say that if it's a vocal song you work with the vocals first um and let me see 
And this one was an interesting one. Um, try going for boosting resonant frequencies instead of, I think, dipping on the other. A common mix mistake that he's seen by amateurs is that they don't do levels well. They have no gain staging and they mix everything pretty much close to zero. They don't have any headroom. Um, meaning it's just going to be cut off and clipped. Yeah, uh, that. He mentioned that plugins are actually, um, like, kind of working at, like, 96 kilohertz. Um, so when you set up, and if you can, because, you know, uh, have a sample rate of 96 kilohertz instead of, like, 48 or 44.1. And obviously, when it comes to like the the bit, have it over sixteen, so like twenty four or thirty two um, bit. Somebody asked a question about the hum that we used to get in old records that now DAWs and plugins are trying to give us, and he said just do it yourself. Um, when it comes to EQ sweeps, he does the inverse EQ sweep, so. Um, that he doesn't lose perception of a mix, and he does it while everything's on, so he doesn't like actually solo um like one instrument and then solo another like and then mix that he does it all in perspective so that they can all meld well together and sound good together uh there is one plugin though that i will look for the link and post it below because i actually want to get it too um i think it's called the tdr nova it's an eq uh use a de-esser as a dynamic eq uh so when those like you can change like the threshold for certain EQs and then if it goes up above that it brings it down so it kind of turns down the EQ settings it, it can be worked in like very creatively it's called I think Tokyo Dome Nova so TDR Nova yeah and I'm going to look it up and maybe try um downloading it and using it uh let me see he also notes that I think maybe this is a mistake, and this is a mistake I've made. So with reference tracks, make sure that they are the same level as your own track. So, because when you listen to like a reference track, it's already mastered. So we're comparing a mix to a master when you should just lower the sound or the volume on your reference track. So then at least when you're mixing, like it 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 ends up being easier to kind of reference like more equally so or something and also let me see he says mix in mono which is something i think everybody knows or mix with one speaker to start with and then when you're changing it to stereo the stereo can be used for panning and then he said experiment with pre-delay so yeah i write notes very like sporadically Anyway, the next thing um, that I kind of just want to talk a bit about, like, yeah, me and my friend who is a drummer and actually a pretty darn good drummer, I gotta say. I went to listen to her a couple of times and I was like, shit, son, you good. So we went around to a lot of different like tables and tried out a lot of the equipment and it honestly made me want to become a gearhead. I swear to goodness. Um, 
And also, when we were in a lot of these rooms, I guess, like, they really were in on taking pictures of us. Like, there was, like, this one photographer who was like, smile, smile while you're, like, playing with the little freaking knobs, you little girls. I'm like, yeah, I'm a grown-ass woman. Well, you know, but... <laughs> It was kind of weird, kind of funny in that way, because I guess they needed to show women go to this too, you know, feminism. And I'm like, no, I just like this stuff. Right. But yeah, it was actually funny. It was fun. Um, and actually, in one of the rooms, I think it was in one of the mic rooms. I don't remember which floor. Um, might have been on the blue microphone, like floor. Uh, there was, we were at this mic and I was you know we and we were like trying to speak into it and ironically we can hear everything else but ourselves in the mic and then a producer actually like a musician a, a trap artist uh he came in and we kind of like struck up a bit of a conversation and stuff because he actually um goes to school for like audio engineering and mixing and he plays like a variety of instruments and he just loves music and this is where I drop his name now so his name is actually Dizzy D and you can find him on Instagram I believe at Dizzy D um or Straight Dizzy I mean maybe Straight Dizzy I believe it's Straight Dizzy on Instagram but he his artist name is Dizzy D uh, you can find him on Spotify and I'll put his Spotify and Instagram in here because he was honestly a, he was a really chill like human being really chill man like he was really cool and very nice actually like also down to earth type interested in meeting people like genuinely not just trying to get his music just out there like you know like alone so and that's why I'm kind of putting like his name out there just so maybe you guys can listen in and stuff listen to his stuff and then the other person that I want to talk about, his name is TQ2. And the reason why I want to shout his name out is because in the first session, actually, in two sessions that I went to, um, so in the Gary Noble one and in the Ken Lewis one, um, he tried to put his name out there. Right, so he's trying to plug his stuff and try to get them to listen to his music, because in, in you know he he has a lot of confidence in himself and what he's doing, and I had to write his name down before I forgot it because I was like, okay, like he's doing something that I personally could not do, like I can't even do that in my own like personal life alone, right? Like I don't shout myself out, I I don't do any of that stuff, right? Um, and that's actually just a part of maybe just my conditioning. I'm not going to say a part of my personality and who I am, but, um, but this guy did it. And because of that, I know his name. So I want to shout him out to out that the, I just want to shout him out as well. He's a rap artist, a trap artist as well. I'd say rap and trap. Um, and yeah, I think it's cool too. I think his stuff is cool as well. And here's the thing, actually. So I remember when Trap was becoming big, I couldn't really stand it, per se. Like, And 
but the thing is, and it's something I realized after listening to instrumentals, I love the instrumentals for most trap, the majority of trap out there. I know some people like, Ugh. but no, actually, it's really good. Um, it gets creative. Some people really get creative with it. And I always enjoy that creativity. Um, but when it comes to the rap for most, I've never been really plugged into it. However, I have to say that these two artists pretty darn good. So like I actually listen to their stuff. So I just wanted to plug them. And also I'd like to see more, you know, GTA artists or Toronto artists in like getting out there too so yep they're good i'll leave their links below and now i'm gonna just continue with the last thing that i went to um or actually even the second last thing before that um we went to the isotope room and they of course were trying to like sell us on getting like the latest um plug-in and trust me, I know the plugin is good, but the plugins are like what two hundred and fifty, three hundred dollars, and I'm like, dude, I can't do that right now, not right now. I need a more powerful computer before I even touch that, okay? Um, but they did mention, like, I think it was the vocal doubler um, plugin, which is free, and I decided to get it, and I actually put on some vocals that I had, and I was like, ooh, this is nice. So if you ever hear me sing, it's going to be me using that. And I've been getting a lot of inspiration from like Laurie Anderson lately, who was an artist that years ago I couldn't stand because I thought that she wasn't musical. But then I was like, no, 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 she's art. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you hear me singing, I'll be most likely using that um, plugin. And I'll leave the link to that below as well. Whether you know it or not, whatever. So the, the last session I went to after fucking around on a lot of the gear, which I would love to buy, um, I went to the Cooking Beats session with Bijan Amir, who has basically produced songs now with Metro Booming, for Metro Booming, I believe, too, uh, as, as well as I know for Party Next Door. So, yeah, like... It, it was a nice session. I've always enjoyed like the cooking beat stuff, taking apart their songs, showing us the recipe to like the amazing cake that we see before us, um, known as a trap beat. So yeah, um, he's mentioned, and I only mentioned like a couple of things about him. So he said like, if you use elements that are popular now, but try to remain true to yourself, like, so you have like one foot in the future and another foot in the present. Like that's where like a lot of the success kind of comes, which is interesting because I also listened to a podcast from Hidden Brain um, about influence and stuff. I think the the episode was like Snooky in the Handbag, um, which is like the concept that things have to be familiar enough, but have a little bit of difference. So it can't be all the same. And it can't be all the past. And it can't be too future because the future scares people. So have one foot in the future, have one future in the present to make music. For me, I don't give a damn. I'm going to just be wherever I am. But if you actually are trying to make beats for producers, that's one thing, right? To like remember or for producers, for artists, that's one thing to remember. Um, he also says that he tends to start with the melody first um, because you can get the bounce and the after, meaning like you can put in the, the kick and the snare and 
everything else after. He also said learn how to strip back, especially for producing for artists. Um, it's about simple being taking a simpler approach, which is something that I probably just can't do, like right at this moment. Um, and then I also like just wrote that I get so like amazed about how like awesomely creative these like producers are, like these professional producers actually are. Right, like I think on one of the trap, the trap beats, he instead of having like hi hats, it was like bells instead, and it's not like your common trap stuff. It was, yeah, it was more creative. So it was actually just nice to hear, like how he kind of came up, and yeah. So I think his session kind of helps me the most with how to move forward with like my beats and stuff and if I ever decide hey like let me make for xyz like not even for xyz like let me just make for rappers like I'll know that I should like take a more a simpler approach to some degree like strip back because you can have a lot going on in a track but like if there's too much going on, where's the rapper going to like be like the rapper can't put their 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 voice on it, right? So anyway, um, that's my rambles actually about thy session at um, Imsta. I hope you guys enjoyed the ramble. I hope you guys can kind of break through a lot of my gibberish. And I actually tried this time around because I've actually recorded this quite a few times. But I tried not to go overboard on my rambling about K-pop or anything. Um, which I hope you guys honestly like be grateful for that. No, um, I hope you guys enjoy this though. And yeah, that's about it. So right now um, I've been trying to finish up the track that um, I started working on almost now two weeks ago and actually I'm also and this is a thing I'm on like I'm in like a group where they technically flip music like they flip beats uh, and I've talked a bit about um using other people's songs like in sampling them and in this case and and i and i do it i i think i mentioned that i try not to do it and put it out there like but i do it for myself um it's always a good like i think i said before in one of my episodes um it's a good practice in being creative with somebody else's work understanding where rappers and where like the first producers came from with their music, like how they came about the the how they um, repurposed old tracks. It, it's it's interesting. I say it's a creative project, and I'm doing one right now. I started it last night before going to bed, so then I couldn't sleep for like a two extra hours because I was looking at a blue screen. Yeah, right now I'm working on that for fun. I'm looking to finish that actually today. Because it's not like a big deal track. It's not going to be highly like mixed well or anything. It's just like, hey, this is like 
within 24 hours. Bam. <laughs> but I do that for fun. Right now I'm also working on, I'm working on a couple of tracks. I finished one of my acoustic tracks, which went from acoustic to kind of bossa nova. So effectively for that one, I sampled myself playing a lot of random stuff on one of my guitars. And then I found those little gems and I created new songs with them. And this song has different movements. So there's different things going on every, I think it's about 16 to 32 bars. And what I ended on is more like a bossa nova thing that kind of has like a Beck Tropicalia sound um, going on. But anyway, I uh, just wanted to let you guys know this is what I was doing for the week. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, for you producers out there, just keep producing. Seriously, like, have fun with it, right? And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.